tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! What's up, gladiators? Welcome to another episode of Scandal After Buzz TV. Uh, this is season four, episode fifteen: The Testimony of Diego Munoz. Munoz. My four years of Spanish did not help. Munoz. Anyway, as always, we are your Fab Four. Are you excited to see us? I hope so. Starting with me, Emil Ennis Jr. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Cornelia. Hi, I'm Sophia Stanley. And I am Bam Erickson. And we're about to break it down. So we started this episode with um. Well, we'll start with Susan Ross, who is trying to become the next vice president. She has the support of Melly and the president. We know their true intentions. But uh, in this episode, we see they're, they're trying to get her ready for the Senate committee. And they hire Leo again. Which, and I told them, I had a little geeky moment because I watched Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce on Bravo and I didn't realize that was the husband under. Anyway, if you watch that, you'll know what I'm talking about. So, anyway, so Leo's now hired, but this is the first time we've seen since that one episode way back, maybe like four episodes ago. This first time we've kind of seen Leo and Abby together, like, dating and kind of giggly with each other. It was nice to see that dynamic between them. Um, and we'll talk about what we think about this relationship versus... Uh, her and David's relationships, but in terms of the way he approached the situation with Susan, what did you guys think about that? Well, for me... Oh, yeah. sorry, sorry. Before we even break it down to preface that, remember we had the laugh, and they have to fix the situation because they had everything lined up for her, and then she did that laugh, which kind of was like, what the hell? Like, yeah, weird. Go ahead, man. I remember an old episode on um, on Oprah Winfrey when when Patty LaBelle, Gladys Knight, and Dionne Warwick had the Sisters in the Name of Love, and Patty kept oversinking everybody. <laughs> and Patty said, "Well, you asked for Patty LaBelle, so I'm going to give you Patty LaBelle. Mm-hmm. So you asked for Leo. True. You're going to get Leo. True. Well said, ma'am." <laughs> I love the references. Please let us know if you are watching live by or if you're gonna want to tweet us. Hashtag ABTV scandal. If you don't know who Patty LaBelle is, let us know. know Uh, She's gonna be on Dance with the Stars too. Uh, Oh she is. But no, there's Mm -hmm. and it and it and that's actually not a diss. That's actually that given the age range of our fans, Mm -hmm. there are a lot of people who actually don't know who she is and for good reason. So let us know. Join the conversation. But we may, we guys, we try not to talk in between commercial breaks and stuff, and unfortunately we do. But we're going to try to bring some stuff back. The thing is, the way he approached that situation with her, it'll be different if he was dealing with a different person. How does he know? How does he know that she's that way? And that's the thing. He doesn't. But I feel like after, because there's some people who, if they have that type of approach to the situation, once they hit that breaking point, it turned it on for them. And then they, they shine. Their light shines bright. For me, that doesn't work. I was shut down, too. I'm like, no, that's not the way to approach me at all. Um, but I think... 
I don't know. I was going to say, I think that maybe because Abby was there, he because you saw that <laughs> dynamic between him and Abby in the hallway, it's kind of foreplay for them. Part of me feels like he was doing that not only because that's the way Leo does it, but also because he partially thinks that that's turning Abby on. I think he was just being himself. When you hire someone at this level to do work at the White House, you're hiring them because that's the, because of the work that they do. You're not hiring Leo because you think, oh, maybe this time he'll be a little, he'll finesse it a little differently because whatever. Leo probably got the job like they're hiring me because I'm a pit bull, I'm a dog. He came in and he was doing Leo. Maybe they should have gave him some backstory. Like, hey, you know, she's a little, you know, whatever. You got to finesse it, be a little uh, different with her. But they didn't. So from his perspective, he was just doing him. I mean, what, and what was like? What was he supposed to do? True. I, I, I agree with both Cornelia and Bam, um, and and how you set it up, Emil. However, I think that he's not realizing how emotionally connected he is, and he's not emotionally connected because, even though I think part of it is because he's slightly flirting with Abby, I think part of it is I don't actually think he thinks she's the right person. True. So on some levels I think he's actually going hard because he basically is like, prove me wrong then. Oh yeah, he did say that at the beginning. Right, he said that at the beginning. And then number two, and I'm amazed that somehow it wasn't talked about unless it's the fact that we as the audience, we already know this. Think about it. She was the person he basically helped put in because he was doing a solid for Abby to not allow Abby's abusive husband to be elected. Mm -hmm. That's already a little bit of a conflict. Right? So meaning he basically is like, dude, I got you your job. Period. Not even your job as vice president. I got you your actual job. If not for me, you wouldn't have your job. So you actually weren't qualified to be a congressperson right. in Leo's world. Let alone that I don't think you're you're qualified to be the vice president. So I think that subconsciously, that's also what was going through his head. And that's why he was so go- going so hard. I think it's all of the above. He's a pit bull. He was flirting with Abby. He's already lost on some levels before, in front of Abby before. But I think more importantly, he actually didn't think that she was the person for the job. And if she had actually bit back, then he would have been proven wrong. But in his mind, in that moment, he was not proven wrong. I also think that Abby was out of pocket for firing him, particularly while you guys are in bed, while he's, you know, getting ready to have some real good sleep. He didn't already put his uh his uh, retainer in, and then all of a sudden now you want to buck up, and then you want to then you want to fire him, and to show like you have more power. I love really? it. I, I I loved his reaction though because it's one of those things where it was in that moment where you could tell he's like. We just please like you, you can feel that energy. Yeah. She's holding on to it, and he's ready to go to sleep. He's like, "Please just do it before I put my retainer in." And <laughs> he put the retainer, and yeah. she wants to start. Like I could identify with that. Like, don't go to bed with that grudge. Just let it out before. Yeah. Like, I don't think she was wrong for firing him. I think she was wrong for waiting until she put her lotion on and then he put the thing on. You know, at that point we're going to bed. Exactly. And she did it in the bedroom. I'm not a believer of if you work with somebody. You don't bring work into the bedroom. You can take it back to the living room, take it to the kitchen. I don't believe you should bring that to the bed. It's hard, but she was she was waiting for the fight. You know, sometimes we get angry and it's just steaming and it's steaming. And once she pumped that lotion out, she was like, and then she was like rubbing her hands. You knew it was going to come and he knew it too. The problem is like, uh, we'll talk about this online, continue on that whole tangent. Um, So enough with Leo and Abby obviously Leo got fired and then we saw at the end that they still love each other and 
quickly before we move on from them. Do you guys like Leo and Abby better than Abby and David, or is it something you can't even compare? It's funny. I actually said while we were watching, I was like, oh my God, why do I feel guilty that I actually really like them together in a way that doesn't want me to want her to be with David? And then I preface that maybe it's because she's in a different space. I feel like the space that she's in, even I think how she articulated to Leo, the fact that I have a little (laughs) bit of power... I actually don't think that emasculates him. Yeah. And I think that they're able to feel like equals. I think somehow the dynamic of her now being in the White House and David being the Attorney General, somehow that didn't fit. They were, they fit well together when, when he was whatever his lesser position is, I just I don't recall, and she worked at OPA. Mm-hmm. That fit, but not her as she is now and him as he is now. But I still feel guilty that somehow I feel like her and Leo fit better together, that there's more of a a spark. I found myself smiling at the screen more seeing them together than I did with her and David. And I think looking back it seemed like when she was with David David seemed small not small in stature but he seemed small within himself because remember when he lost his job and he was a teacher Uh, not saying that because he he lost his job he was but yeah being broken sometimes makes you seem smaller within your self-assurance you know what I mean it just seemed like Abby was big and he was just this like this little person so with Leo I see them more as equals excellent point I like both of them together Um, either relationship I'm fine with but I do think that with Leo Leo is more challenging to Abby and Mm -hmm. Abby is is a type of woman where you, if, if Abby gives you back talk, you cannot just, as a man, just say, okay. You have to be able to give Abby a challenge or mm. it's not really more, it's not really worth her time. So right. I like both, but, you know. Yeah. So what who cares? <laughs> I knew I was waiting for it. <laughs> but let us know if you're watching live or whenever you watch. Let us know either in the YouTube con- comments, in the iTunes comments, on Facebook or on uh, Twitter. Which do you prefer? Do you prefer Abby with Leo, with David, or you know what? Create your own next relationship for her. Let us know Ooh. what you think. Join the conversation. Hashtag ABTV scandal. And I think Harrison I always look at the wrong back. camera. So if I was looking at the wrong camera, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Living Fits. We had this this whole scene with Living Fits because Abby has a one on one or one to one with um with Liv where she's being a true gladiator true friend and she's saying you know you've been so much darkness we need to bring you back to the light she gets Liv to the White House and everybody's speaking about what Liv has said what's up just really quickly it's so funny how how Abby and Liv or at least from Abby's perspective her and Liv are now these great good girlfriends and they're just the best of friends that did not happen season one and season two unless I was taking a nap while watching Scandal no it was there no it was not it was not. They were not. They were not besties. They were not best friends. They no. Uh. Uh-uh, they were not. Okay. See, what, but no. Wait. Go down one more step. What do you mean by they were not best friends? Just take it one step for me. Do you, Do you mean that we had never seen them have dinner together? We've never seen them have lunch together. We've never seen them talk about stuff outside of work. That all the above. All the above. Okay. Now I agree with you, but I think that it's from a. myopic perspective. I think they didn't need to do that because they work together. Mm -hmm. So I think that because they were together all the time, there's certain things we don't need to discuss because we're actually doing it together. It would literally be if if we had to have lunch tomorrow about this show. Yeah. 
There's, we we just did it. The dynamics this, this, have changed. Now, so I think, yeah. The dynamics have changed. So therefore, I think that what Abby's realizing is what didn't happen in the first half of the season because she was working at the White House and theoretically was no longer a gladiator, and Olivia was at, was still a gladiator. That they were no longer connecting, and I think that what she is exhibiting by basically just showing up with the salad is she is saying I recognize that our friendship is not only so important but I almost lost you. I think that it is very easy for friends even if that person is like your heart and your soul to take them for granted but being at a place where you literally almost lost them and there was nothing you could do, I think she needs to do something to say the six months that happened before, that can no longer happen again. And that's why I think she needed to say, just because I'm not a gladiator doesn't mean that we don't talk. And I think that's what she was saying. It seems stretched because the OPA (laughs) is declining and there are some people that is gone. And so now they're trying to stretch his friendship. I don't buy it. I'm just saying. But again, again. But you do make a good point. But I just—it just seems a little stretched. Olivia is the person who saved her from her marriage. Mm-hmm. Olivia is the one who they—they they, they went to law school together. She knows all the secrets. She's the one who basically has always professed it. She always knew that um, Olivia basically had an affair at the White House, but that wasn't her concern. She's actually—I mean, when Olivia's mom came and her dad came and everything like that, she was the one who hugged her. Other than Huck, she's the only one who actually, when needs be pushes Olivia and is her almost her moral center by kind of being the one to be like, no, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be doing this and whatever. And then we'll flip it when need be, when needs be, and actually hug her and comfort her when she needs it. Mm-hmm. Because I think she's actually the only person who sees Olivia as a person. Yes, she is the the head gladiator, and yes, she wears the white hat, but I think it's only Abby, because I think Abby knew Olivia before she was the Olivia Pope, that she is actually a human being, and there's a certain level of comfort and friendship that she still needs, right. even though she's the Olivia Pope. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even if, none, even if none of that were true, if somebody you even work with almost died, you're gonna have a salad with them. You gonna come and shop at the office. You gonna be like, girl, right, yeah, that was messed up. That was crazy, girl. That was crazy. And you gonna give her the salad, and you're going to sit in her office and talk. You are. So you know. Can you please just say, girl, that was crazy? Girl, that was crazy. Yeah, girl, we were. Ah, you good? This is an extra salad dressing. And some napkins in the bag. Throw throw chow in there, too. Chow. Crazy. Did they put some in our water? (laughs) I haven't even sipped my water, so. Oh, my gosh. All right, but. So, <laughs> so Liv lives in the White House, and everybody's telling Fitz what Liv has said when she's standing right there in the background. Then she finally interjects and jumps in and basically talks about West Angola and how he, the reason why Susan isn't being confirmed is because of him. And it all needs to be him apologizing to the uh, to Cap on the Hill or whatever. And then she says, Liv, you know why I did it. But what I love about Liv in this moment is she's like, it doesn't change the fact you need to apologize <laughs> and still goes to the hill. Like, Fitz, Fitz does what I don't like. Like, he still tries to act like what he did justifies. It does not justify it. Well, why not? <laughs> why not? Because think about it. If well, Let's I'll- say he wouldn't have done what he did. And she would have found you again. I'm going to say, I think Olivia, it seems to be that type of person where if you do something, 
what she wanted you to do is always going to be the opposite. True. Because she don't want to take the love the way it's given. So let's say he wouldn't have went to Ooh. war and somebody else would have saved her. She would have came back storming there. You didn't save me. You didn't want me. And she would have threw the ring at him just like she did before. He went to war. She came back. You went to war. Well, what do you want me to do? You want to die? Like, what did you want? <laughs> Girl, good point. But I'll say, looking into their relationship, Mm -hmm. you need to separate the White House from personal. Oh, they can't separate that. So then, so that's where they met. So, so so who who should have separated? So in that in in that little conversation, who was at fault or who wasn't separating the relationship? Fitz wasn't exactly, and I agree a hundred percent what Camelia said. But that doesn't negate that what he did was quasi undemocratic if not quasi illegal Mm -hmm. so her saying that you need to apologize in order to get your VP nominee nominated that's what you have to do the reason behind it is irrelevant number one number two so what are you going to do go tell the congress people oh I didn't save my um, mistress maybe she's my mistress because we actually aren't doing it right now so I don't know what we are but she's the love of my life and I know I'm being deliberately disrespectful but they don't know that. And right. even if they did know that, it would still be irrelevant. Right. So I think what her advice was sound advice and he needed to do it. However, to go back to Camelia's point, and this is where it gets really tricky. To me, when she said, beg them to forgive you or you will lose them. Right? I think that's basically the quote. Mm-hmm. She is really talking to him about their relationship. Mm-hmm. That's where... What Kennelia said, I think not only is relevant, but it's kind of like, yeah, dude, what did you want me to do? Like, I actually had no choices. And just like Kennelia said, if I had done the opposite, we would still be having this conversation. So I actually don't know what you want from me. And it ties back to what we were saying about Leo. Do you or do you not know who you either are presently or past tense we're in a relationship with? If you do not realize that the man that you sacrificed all this for is in fact one of the good guys, I think it's actually a little condescending and immature to keep bringing up democracy when someone's life is in jeopardy. Right? Right? Because I think she keeps throwing it out there like it's some mutable thing. Like some immutable thing, you know what I mean? And it's like, no, like that's why there is checks and balances, that's why things there's an ebbs and a flow, and at the end of the day... You married a man who is 100% in love with you, whose world revolves around you, who waits for you to come in the room so that he can breathe. Like, I think that there are moments when she forgets that, where she forgets, like, they're not just like Bobby and Joe in high school and we went out for three weeks and then we were like, you know what I mean? We moved on. Like, I think, so I think by sometimes the things that she says, I think she is actually disrespectful to the sanctity of their relationship. When she thinks it's the other way around. I think she's very disrespectful to the relationship. I agree with everybody's point. Now, speaking of wives, Melly. Melly has, has orchestrated this whole plan, so this will put her in a better position to get into the White House in a, a more esteemed position than First Lady, right? From what we've seen from Susan so far, and granted she had a team behind her, but what I loved about when Susan was in front of the committee, she made a good point, or they played it, but she said, you know, I won't know until I'm in that position, which is true in anything. Like, you don't know what you're capable of until you're in that position. But I also love how she said, um, they told her you need to just be yourself and be you. In anything you do, be yourself and be you. And the thing we've talked about this before is, even though Melly is very intelligent, very capable of doing 
what she <laughs> <laughs> she's capable. The problem is there's that lack of authenticity for Millie. And from Susan, even though she got punished for that laugh, that laugh alone gave us this it gave a little bit of a likability to her. <clears throat> and now that she's switching and shows she has an intelligent side too, then it creates something else. And then you have the daughter here who's freaking adorable and you're playing off that like, oh, you did it, mommy. Like those little moments. It's going to basically bite her in the ass. Exactly. Later. But the problem is, and we all like looked at, like rolled our eyes at the TV when Melly's sitting there watching as the reporters are saying that Susan just got confirmed and Melly's just watching TV. Oh, push my meeting back until it. No, you need to be figuring out what you're going to do to compete with this. And you know, when we were watching, I said, Melly should be in the back studying. However, Melly probably feel, doesn't feel like she needs to study because she was a part of the group that stole the election in the first place. So for her, Ooh. she probably thinks it's just going to work out because it worked out before. So she probably really doesn't think she needs to do anything because Fitz already told her he was going to help. And oh if God. he already said he was going to help by supposedly getting this bum vice president to you know, take office and to now be the person that she's going to potentially be running for. She already thinks the deck is stacked again in her favor. That's the unfortunate so thing is, it's not because Fitz don't have no power like that. Yeah, he can probably you know figure out something if they want to do some shady <laughs> stuff. But think of the people you had at the table to help Fitz get where he is. Melly, you don't got those same people. You don't have the same people. Cyrus ain't doing that for you. Liv ain't gonna help her. Liv's not gonna help her unless there's something in it for her. Fitz, who is he going to call? <laughs> Vern is dead. And Hollis is somewhere else. He don't even probably like Melly. <laughs> True. So, so Melly needs to really get it together. True. <laughs> That's an excellent point. That was spot on. Mm-hmm. Lois. Lois, Lois, Lois. Um, everybody remembers Lois, and she died with Olivia in the room, and it's horrible seeing these flashbacks mm. and like seeing what Olivia has to remember. But what's even sadder is seeing Rose. And for any Empire fans, too, there's something about seeing a character from years ago or somebody that you really connected with on another show, seeing them in another current show. And for me, I just want to say it was... I removed myself as a... um, as a scandal fan, mm-hmm. and I was literally like, "Okay, wow, look at you have Marla Gibbs and Kerry Washington in the same team together." Mm-hmm. When you think about the history of that, yeah. you have Marla Gibbs, who was on the Jeffersons from 1974 to 1985, which was the longest black-running sitcom of, of all time. That was in the 70s. Then she came back three months later, and then she did two to seven for uh, for five seasons. Mm-hmm. So, to you know, if it wasn't for people like Marla Gibbs, and uh, prior to that, you had Diane Carroll, who had her show, um, uh, um, Julia, Julia. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's like, that's a history lesson for anyone who is unfamiliar with TV, but that. That was just great to watch someone who paved the way for all of us, even for Carrie Washington, and now she's in a scene. Yeah. So for me, I had to I had to not be a scandal fan and be like, oh Lord, look at Marla Gibbs and Kerry Washington. That's exactly what I saw. No, I even tweeted. I, I even called um, her mom, who I worked with, and I was like, oh my God, your mama, she's back home. And so that for me, that was that was great. So. Well, so thank, continue. No, thank you for giving us that history yeah. lesson for those who didn't know. But no, it is it is something um, really warm. Get this warm feeling seeing characters like that. 
But unfortunately, like in this, what she was dealing with was very sad, and we saw how it developed over time. How she's revealing that you know they did uh, actually. Sophie, I know you know what she was saying. If you can just repeat. Yeah, she was like every morning she would call me and tell me what she had for breakfast. Then we would do lunch together. Then we'd power walk through the park. Then we'd take turns on who would make dinner. We did that every day. And the thing, I think, the reason why it makes me sad is because. I don't think this is a diss. I have old parents. My dad's 70-something. My mom's 60-something. But, like, you think about the older you get, the lonelier you get. Mm-hmm. Because, like, old people or older people, I don't want to just put them in a group, but older people, unless you're in a retirement home or something, like, there's still those old, older people who want to be independent. But the thing is, like, the older you get, you start losing people and you don't get new people like you do. Like, if we lost people right now. We still have other friends we can cling on to or make new friends. But older people don't have that. They don't have companionship. And so, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, unfortunately, like, your kids aren't there for you like they should be. Um, like, your family has either died or the ones you were close to are dead. Or there's not. It's so many factors. What's even sadder about this, but what I loved about it is afterwards, uh, in another scene where they were talking, when she's like, you know, I know something happened to her. And she's like, well, let me tell you this. She was like, you have a key to her place, power of attorney. There was something more there, wasn't it? She's like, yes, there was. I didn't like her intruding like that. What, Liv? Yeah, I didn't. For some reason, that bothered me that she intruded to go. Do you have an explanation for why she I did do, that? I mm-hmm. do. I do. I think she was validating how she felt. I think that it's very easy to have seen everything that um, that Rose did as the feeble-mindedness of an old woman. Right. I didn't say that. No, 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 no. no. I'm, okay. I'm, so, I, basically, in essence, what Olivia was saying is Olivia was validating her emotional connectivity to know that something was wrong. Mm-hmm. I think there's one thing being someone's friend, and I think there's some there's another aspect of being in an intimate relationship. What Olivia was doing was validating that they were in an intimate relationship, and basically what she was saying is I see you like I see the full totality of who who you are and I see the full totality of your pain and your loss Mm. arguably you can say one does not is not worse of a loss than the other but I think it was a sense of validation especially given the dynamic of Olivia and Fitz being in secret Mm -hmm. and there is something even remember what's what was the episode on the other woman yeah Mm -hmm. right that was that's why it was so relevant and so powerful when the pastor's wife took the hand of Elise Neal the other woman Mm -hmm. and walked down the aisle with her because she was validating their relationship I feel like that's what Olivia was doing she was validating her relationship with Lois I think the reason why I liked it beyond that, and you made great points, Sophia, the reason why I liked it beyond that, on another perspective, even outside of the show, is a lot of times I feel, well, TV in general and movies, they open up topics that aren't necessarily comfortable mm-hmm. with us bringing up naturally. Mm-hmm. So the interesting thing about this dynamic is a lot of times I think people feel, or a lot, hmm, people think that, we we all know, homosexuality has been out there forever mm-hmm. but a lot of times people feel like oh now like they're all out here like they're being it's just now they're more free yeah mm-hmm. so it's interesting to see somebody from way back in the day saying no we fell in love ago. at 16 mm-hmm. we fell in love at 16 and then you remember like there's generations where not only she have to struggle with being um gay mm-hmm. she, she's also black and considering her age she was ideally black during a time where she was not accepted. So to not be accepted for black and then also be gay, she had to go into hiding at least for one part of herself that she could hide. So that was, it was really, that was an emotional scene. And it was, and it's really, it's really a history lesson to let people know, for, um, you know, 
um, I'm not sure how wide the scandal fan base is, mm -hmm. but for you know anyone who's 40 and under or 50 and under, it's a history lesson to show that listen, in 2015, there's a lot of aspects that we have it good. 67 years ago, not only could they not vote. But then you have same-sex marriages. Can you just imagine? Particularly, well, let's let's be very clear with this. Black people couldn't vote. Yes, but thank you. But people in the same-sex marriage couldn't get married. Yeah, just yeah, keep yeah, going. Yeah. And so just just imagine, just imagine what the pain that she's feeling. And that she waited for her. Mm -hmm. I think the difference is is that Lois was able, or oh, Lois in some way had a life. She got married and moved forward. The fact that she said, like, I waited her... I sh what did she say? I waited over 40 years for my Lois, Miss Pope. I can wait a bit longer. That's a long time. <laughs> no, is, but it man. is. Because she. Because nowhere did she say, I had another relationship. Does it make sense? Nowhere did she say, I had another friend. She doesn't mention a husband. She doesn't mention another woman. She doesn't mention anything. She waited for this woman for this long. And not only for her to go in the manner that she did, even though I thought that the way that Olivia presented to her was beautiful... But it's also the fact, and to me, what I saw is I saw a woman who had all of her wits about her. Mm -hmm. So to me, she wasn't she wasn't at the end of her life. She was in the best years of her life, right? Like she probably had another good twenty years where they would continue and what they go on vacation in August. And Not I think 20. maybe no, they did because how old is she? Sixteen and what is what? Sixteen and 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 sixty is seventy six, right? Is seventy six. Okay. Yeah. So I need to go there and make this personal. My grandma is eighty nine years old. I will tweet and I will post pictures of my grandma. When I tell you my grandma is fly, her name is Miss Love, and she is with it. She always tells me this is why I got my nails done. The reason I don't have a man, and I'm being funny, but I'm not because she really tells me that. <laughs> She walks. She lives in New Jersey. She literally walks two miles once a week to get her nails done. She always tells me, and I remember one time I was there in New Jersey during Christmas time, and I was like, oh, my God, Grandma, it's so cold. I can't do it. I got tired halfway there. And she goes, baby love, that's why you don't have a man. Because you don't get your nails done. Oh, okay. So I say that to say that she's 89 years old, and she oh my God. she isn't slowing down any yeah. anytime soon. So I just say that there was still there was still time, even if the time was just five more minutes. I felt for her loss in that moment. <laughs> I love you, Grandma. No, my grandma's fine. Yeah. I will Miss, post pictures. Miss Love, thank you because we're gonna start getting our nails done. <laughs> <laughs> walking around like this. If it's something about old people, they will tell you what you. They would. They tell it to you. Oh, yeah, what do you have to lose? Once yeah. I get old, I'm reading people for fun. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like somebody come up to me. <laughs> Hi, Grandpa. Girl, get your hair done. Please. <laughs> like, good morning. Thanks. Thanks, Grandpa. I'm not having a filter at all. Lord, please let me get past seventy because there's no filter. No filter. What do you have to lose, really? Nothing. Nobody can go you off. You can't on tell you. me nothing. I live my life. Like, get out of here. Anyway, um, sorry. Thank you for letting me share. Sorry, I like gave us all the giggles. Did you guys think that Lois? Oh, not Lois. Lois is dead. Did you think that Rose... <laughs> yeah. um, no, they put something in her water. I swear to God. No, literally, gladiators. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's a pendulum swing from last week. So we're overly oh, yeah, giddy. We so maybe that's what it is. So please bear with us. And uh, as always, join the conversation. Hashtag ABTV scandal. You know how Rose said that she knew she was gone? Do you think that Rose knew that Lois, that Olivia was not telling her the truth about the way she died. Because when she, she said in the, when she said in the, uh, 
George, what, what was the place he said? Georgetown, Georgetown yeah, Park, Georgetown. whatever. Yeah. And she, the way she looks, she's like, why would she be in Georgetown Park? But it also goes with the fact that, like uh, Sophia said, that she still has her wits. Mm-hmm. Whether whether if it's your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, your child, um, your granddaughter, you can always tell when something is not right. True. And she obviously has all her wits. And the fact that, you know, she's old, she her driver's license is so secure. Where are you going, uh, Louis? Where are you going, Granny? You can't go very far. So it's like... But she wanted did. to believe. Yeah, she yeah. had. And yeah. I think that's what it is. To believe that. And, and I think the fact that her friend had always told her, like, if something goes wrong, go tell the, go ask a nice black, black lady, lady across yeah. the hall. Mm-hmm. I think that she knew that that was someone that Lois respected and that Lois felt that they had some kind of relationship with. And so I think that that's even why she asked her. She goes, not a moment. And when and when Olivia goes, not a moment, she needed to believe that. So that that allowed her on some levels, some semblance of peace in her mind, even if she knew that it possibly was a lie, mm-hmm. that that was a lie that she could live with. No. Yeah. Olivia, and she couldn't tell her the truth. If you would have told her... She and she would even ha- exactly say she got shot in the chest and I watched her bleed out. She she would have kicked the can right there. Yeah. You no, can't handle something like that. True. You can tell a young person that if you tell the young person the love of your life got <laughs> shot in the chest and I saw them bleed out and die and they put their body on top of me and, and carry me out of this Oof. building. Any person would yeah. would lose it. Is, is someone older? No, no. The lie was per. That was fine. Yeah, I agree. Well, that was said, um, and it was cool seeing how OPA found them. We'll talk about Quinn and Huck in a minute, but let's talk about Huck's wife, Kim. Or is it, are they still are they still technically married or no? That's a really good point. I, I actually don't think we know. I need that. to rewatch. That's why I like. That's why I wish we could watch it more than once. I need to rewatch. I need I'm to see assume, what was the. I'm going to assume that they're still married because when he left, he he left abruptly, and don't both parties have to sign? No, papers? No, no, because you can after a certain and, and this isn't this isn't actual legal advice, but this is just what I think. Um, after a certain number of years, it's a like considered abandonment and or that the person is missing, and then you can file on your own because it's you have literally physically left the marriage, yeah, so you can gone. file yeah. unilaterally. Because she found somebody else, like she needed okay, anyway. But um, so Kim goes to David because apparently David every month has these things where these people come and tell him about security issues, and I was, it was funny. The guy said that the moon is hypnotizing us or like controlling. The moon is a hologram projected by the <laughs> FBI. That they are steriliz- sterilizing us when it snows, and that yes, something is a hologram I or was something like, else. What in the world? But you know, the funny thing is, there are really people who believe that type of stuff. Not, not, not. I was gonna tell on myself. Oh gosh! Oh gosh! Okay, this is a funny thing. Is I think this? No, no, no. And I trust. Yes, I'm the crazy one on the panel. I'm not saying that that guy is correct, but I think that there is something to be said about crazy people speaking the truth. Yeah. I think part of it is because they're not bound by the rules of civilization, kind of similar to what we're saying about old people. They're just going to tell it like it is, number one. Number two, sometimes they think they're ahead of their time. Think about how many people, whether or not it's like Einstein or um, or arguably, you know, the first person I was going to say Columbus, but whoever the first person was to basically be like, the world is round. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know there were philosophers before that that were literally branded heretics and branded that they were crazy because that was crazy talk at the time. So I'm not saying all crazy people are telling the truth, but I do think that there's a realm of tabloid gossip or things that are crazy that there's some semblance of truth. And it's just that certain people are aware in a way that just like 
Rose wanted to buy the lie, right. that we want to buy the right. lie. Sorry, yes, I'm the conspiracy theorist. I'll let it go. That's it. That makes sense. No, I love it. The men in black are real. Um, so, Huck and Kim. Kim goes to David and she tells him about the B613 files. Not only tells him, she gives him the B613 files. Which... Did she not read all what was in the papers? Well, I get... Okay, here's... Here, and I want you guys to dissect this, because I understand what she's trying to do. She's saying, my husband went through this program, he hurt people, like, it's horrible what they're doing. However, the nature of B613, which... Hunk just dropped the files, I saw if he properly explained it to her. As much as B613, I hate what they did, what they did was to protect the greater America. I mean, granted, there were some... What? See, this is this is where I... The only place where I disagree... Is the fact that you you did it not you um you made people do it the fact that you True. basically nobody volunteered yeah. right you didn't volunteer because and I can't remember the episode so let us know um specifically if you recall the episode they basically said like we'll hurt your family yeah, isn't that do. really what they did yes. that to me isn't necessary I feel one hundred percent confident that there are. People in this country who would be 100% willing and able, with consciousness of thought, to to join B613, knowing potentially what they're going to do. Right. That I have no problem with, because I think that is that is the ultimate act of service that one person can do for another person, i.e. us as the United States of America. But to not give someone that option of choice... That's where I feel like it's a little it's a gray area and it's a little bit tricky. Another problem for me is Kim last time that Kim was in scandal, she basically was like, beat it. Get out, be gone, get out of my life. Now you show up to David's office, dropping the files, saying this is what's going on. Why didn't you call Huck? Why didn't you reach out to your husband? Because he gave her the files. So this, I was, I, I was thinking wait, about it. Ooh. I was thinking about it while we were watching it and after. Mm-hmm. Huck was when she when he came back. She thought he was crazy. She was like, "What are you still doing here?" And called the police. Mm-hmm. He kept coming back. When he finally came back, he gave her the files. He gave them to her and said, "Read those. Once you read those, you'll understand." When when someone gives you something, you open it up and it's telling you the the worst secrets of this country. You're assuming I would assume that he's giving these to me because he wants me to do something with them. He's just not gonna give them to me just to hang out and I like oh look at him oh this is crazy and then I give them back or call you and we can talk about it. You're giving them to me so you want me to do something. So I think that's why she went to David. My only uh, gripe with it is. You saw what they said they did. So why would you think that you were immune to it? Because you're not you're just a regular lady. Taking you out don't mean anything compared to dictators, uh rulers, yes. leaders. It doesn't <clears throat> you you're about to get it. So the fact that she was so brave, that to me was like, okay, this is a little weird because I would assume you're going to kill me. I wouldn't want to say anything. I would have called Huck just for that one reason to say if I said something, are they going to kill me? Excellent and then point. I would have proceeded. And that's my point. Excellent point, Cornelia. And then, I felt like she was. I felt like once she once she was speaking to David, and then when she came back and when she was in the uh, in the in the in the kitchen table with Huck, 
it just seemed like a seemed like a character flaw. She it all of a did. sudden became this ditzy girl, like, oh my god, they're gonna protect this. And, and and I said the same thing too, especially given the fact that she's a lawyer, and they've mentioned several times that she's a lawyer, so it means that she actually can comprehend what the government can and cannot do, mm-hmm. and what the government can protect you from and can't protect you from. However, what I realize is. Huck never actually explained it to her. Exactly. Exactly. Huck, if Huck in that room had, and even afterwards, even in 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 her house, if he had said they are going to kill you, mm-hmm. no, seriously, and I know this is going to be gruesome, no, and literally it's, it's had highlighted it. specifically what they were going to do to Javi, not just that he would be in danger, but actually outlined it. I think it would have switched things. However, because I was doing the same thing, I was like, she seems too naive. Like, doesn't she know better? Mm-hmm. And this is where I'm conflicted. The end result. Needed to happen. It, mm. it and, and that's why I'm conflicted. I, I can't. I don't know if I can reason my way through it because they did do something bad. They violated him. That wasn't right. What they did to him for him to possibly have to lose his family again. True. So he literally now not only has he gotten a taste of it, she has gotten a taste of it. His son has gotten a taste, and and he's going to rob them of knowing that her husband didn't actually leave her. Or not willingly so. She, he did not abandon his his son willingly so. That he really is a hero? To have to give that all, all up? And it is, again, too. Wasn't the whole premise to take B613 down? Isn't yeah. that why they went after their money? Isn't why they did all this? I don't know how all of a sudden, you know, um, Olivia and Jake run off into the F sunset. They run to the sunset, all of a sudden come back, and we're not going to take down B613 anymore? Because they ever got that new gig. Right? Things change when you get that new gig. But what, but what about them? And that's why I'm not putting it on David. Does that make sense? And then all of a sudden you guys decide to go after Olivia's dad, and that doesn't work out, and then she gets kidnapped. And so, yes, I understand that she, she just got back, so you guys possibly aren't thinking about that again. But, again, wasn't that the whole plan? Right. Right, it was. That makes sense. That, that all makes sense. I think my only... Everything you said was spot on. I think my only thing with Kim was, and maybe it wasn't made clear in the documents, if you read that this organization, not only about what they do, but the organization is outside of the government, then how do you think the government can help you? And why, after the fact, Huck didn't say, like, he dropped her off at that house, she kissed him, she went in the house. At that moment, I still wanted him to be like, where's Javi? Where is it? Where? Yeah. Where's Javi? Yeah. Because... He was in that one little scene. Right, and it... Yeah, you, Huck finally got it off his chest, and it needs to happen. But don't get it twisted, Kim. You still on the chopping block. Your whole family. Yeah. And Huck, somebody has to tell her this yes, because agreed. it seems like she's like, okay, great, we told everything's gonna work out. Yay! No, girl, Huck needs to be like, okay, so somebody, we might die. Yeah, that's the thing. Huck needs like Huck needs to tell her this because she does not understand the severity of the situation. You know who she's acting like? Lindsay Dwyer. Um. Yeah. So true. She's a baby lawyer. So true. No, really, she's acting like a baby lawyer. Yeah. Or uh, Quinn. Quinn. She, <laughs> this episode I like, but I do like how she took the approach this episode where she didn't, she wasn't like telling him, she said, I didn't hack you, I didn't do all the different things. <laughs> she's like, but just tell me what's going on. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see, and we'll say it's for predictions, like what this dynamic takes, but I agree with all of you that Javi... There needs to be, like, he needs to express to her because maybe he can't get through her by just telling that she's in danger. But if she says, or if he says your child is in danger as well, then maybe it will get in her head that she needs to take this more seriously. Because you shouldn't be letting him go out in the middle of the night to the old boy's house without any type of security. Especially after, when she be, I'll talk about it online. Um, did we miss anything? Oh, Jake. Do I have anything to say about Jake? 
Mm. All right. And now it's time for Cornelia's cold piece of the week. So, cold piece of the week for Scandal episode 14. Oh, sorry, 15 of season 4. I'm going to give it to Huck. He didn't necessarily do anything bad, and it wasn't like some um, super cold moment like last time where he was killing, he had to go in and kill all those people. But the fact that Huck finally said his, his name, he finally admitted who he was, and he finally told his truth about what actually happened, and the fact that we now see what he went through, I'm, I'm giving him this award. He said that every day he had to have a routine. He had to measure the walls every day. He took walks in 195 countries. He went on and on and on about this routine. And to have that type of mental stamina and that type of willpower to get through something where you don't necessarily know it's ever going to end, but you still keep doing it just for the simple fact that you know on the outside is something better to look forward to, I'm going to give Huck the award this week guys hit me up on twitter instagram and facebook let me know who your cold piece of this week is and also let us know on hashtag at a b tv scandal perfect and now i think we have some news and gossip coming from mr bam erickson yes so um so um one of the Scandal fans reached out to us and and um, offered me a ticket to the uh, Paley Fest, where uh, Scandal was um, one of the feature uh, was one of the, the feature, uh, feature uh, panelists. Mm-hmm. And so I got there. Um, it was uh, her name is her real name is Natalie, but her her Twitter is at m u f f y l k Gladiator in San Diego. And so I got the ticket, and so I went and. Um, they show last week's episode, and then the, um, the scandal cast came out. The entire scandal cast came out, and it was hosted by Jimmy Kimball. And I thought it was cool, but <clears throat> I was extremely disappointed because, number one, they played last week's episode. Which or two weeks ago. Was it the one? It was, it was the lawn chair? Yeah, it was the lawn chair. Uh, oh, sorry, so, sorry. so they replayed oh. the lawn chair episode. And then they came out, did the panel. The panel was in, it, it had its up and down moments. But what really bothered me is, is when Sophia and I went to the Paley Fest the first time, we were able to get a sneak peek of the season two premiere episode before anyone else. And I just feel that with as much money that people spent for uh, to, to, to see the scandal cast, I understand Shonda, she don't want nobody to see it, but I, I get that. But what I feel is you could have at least given the fans at least maybe a five to seven minute sneak peek of an episode in, um, in the future rather than us having to rewatch an episode that we already saw because it's no secret that uh, Scandal fans always watch the episode twice. So the fact that by Sunday, we've already watched the episode twice, so now we got to watch it again three times. I just I feel cheated because you know the ticket that I got was forty bucks, but people spent a lot of money, and a lot of people came from all over the world to meet the scandal cast. And you're not gonna reward them with some kind of sneak peek. You're gonna you're gonna show them an episode that we've already seen. I just I thought that shit was whack. I'm sorry, and I didn't pay for the ticket, but I feel for the people that traveled, that flew, that drove, that rode in a bus, and spent all that money, and they really got nothing. I mean, the Q&A was cute and all, but we didn't learn anything that we didn't already know. So, I just, I feel bad for the people that travel very far to 
But they got to be in the same room as there. That's enough for some people. <laughs> but then you cares. know what? But then definitely join the conversation. This is the best part about what we do is that you actually get to join the conversation. So if you were at Paley Fest for season four of Scandal that was hosted by Jimmy Kimmel, let us know by ABTV Scandal if you agree with Bam. Or even if you weren't there, based on what Bam just described, how do you feel? Do you feel like... Possibly they let gladiators down and didn't really fully understand how invested we are with the show? Or do you think that they did exactly what they should do, which basically was show an episode, do a meet and greet, and do a Q&A? Let us know. Hashtag ABTV scandal. And can I say one last more thing? Um, I also just want to do, we used to do, I think it was season two, right? Season two, we used to do shout outs. I want to do a shout-out to every single one of you gladiators. If you listen, if you watch. As you know, last week was extremely hard for us, and it was obviously probably extremely hard for you fans to watch. The love that we have received from everyone, everywhere, on all aspects of social media, on iTunes, on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook, to say that we appreciate it would be an understatement. What I think it did for a lot of us is it reminded us that we are currently creating a more perfect union and so we really want to say thank you i will never cry again on camera thank you very much gladiators we love you we really do perfect now uh let's go to our predictions <laughs> and now you're after buzz tv ladies first i don't really have any i mean we weren't left with anything that was hanging in the balance um. I, I, well, I think the um, the Hux family is in more danger than they want to admit. So that will be my prediction. Funny thing is, I actually predict next episode we're gonna have an Olitz moment. Mm. It's part of their dynamic. Yeah. <clears throat> I think the fact that he begged for forgiveness. So there's gonna be an Olitz moment. That's just what I predict. I know it's simple, but that's what I predict. Um, I am going to predict uh, um, to go with this B sixteen uh, the the B uh, the B what is six thirteen six thirteen mm-hmm. is going to resurface and it, so who's to say what's going to happen with this um, I think this is going to bring this is going to drive the finale of this season four with what is to happen whatever this with this whole mess because there's so many people that's involved oh yeah and so what's going to what's going to be revealed who's going to take the fall for it and so forth and so I think it's going to be really interesting and I think we'll be hit with a nice good oh my god moment for the finale but Kim and Javi has got Oh, yes, because that defiance, it all goes back to defiance. But Kim and Javi may have to die. Oh, my God, Bam. It's true, but we know you always try to kill somebody. It's true in this moment. But Somebody, somebody's got somebody's to die. Somebody's got to die. So. Um, I agree with all your positions, all your predictions, Bam. I agree that they're probably dead. Um, Cornelia, I definitely agree. Same with Bam. Like, his family's in danger. Sophia, there is going to be a, a Olitz moment. One main reason is because Liv is back to drinking that red wine. 
And you know she be getting her feelings. You, I can't. <laughs> you know how wine, red wine makes you feel. Take you over the edge. Right? And she, she doesn't drink like the small amount. She drinks like that nice, healthy glass. You can pour the whole bottle in there. So, because <laughs> we made a joke, we forgot to talk about how she was we, drinking white Kanae, wine. Kanae said, "Why is she drinking white wine?" <laughs> she was over it. Yeah. She was like, mm. by the end of the episode, she, she put probably, that back. It was probably Moscato. <laughs> Last prediction before we go. Um, I think that that uh, performance by Huck, where he was giving his truth, I think that was an Emmy worthy performance. Like that, that was on point. Mm-hmm. That was on point. Um, but now let's see. Where can we find you guys on social media? You can find me on all social media at Ben Merrickson, and also if anyone is fans of the uh, of the show on TV One, R&B Divas LA, check out my interview here at After Buzz TV with R&B Divas and R&B singer uh, Stancy Gray. Stacey Francis. You can find me on all social media at Sophia Stanley. All social media at Cornelia. And at Emilinus Jr. Guys, we love you so much. Thank you for tuning in each week. Um, and we'll be here same time, same place next week. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.